Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Alliteration begins with the tip of the tongue and the teeth. Welcome into the inaugural edition of Believe in Monsters podcast. I'm Joe Gaither, joined by my fellow co-host Lucas Berry, and tonight we are uh, welcomed in with our friend Jake Perry, a member of the Lounge Network. And uh, welcome in, guys. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast, talking bears, uh, getting you ready for the draft is what our first task will be. Uh, but then we'll tackle into the off season, see what the bears are going to do to uh, get off the 500 snide, you know, eight and eight is not going to be an option this year with a 17 game schedule. we got a lot to get into as we get into basically the off season and beyond on the believe in monsters podcast. I'm Joe Gaither and I'm excited to be here. Lucas Berry, this was your baby. Uh, so uh, welcome us into the believe in monsters podcast. And uh, what, what are we all about here? Uh, just coming out of retirement. We went from fantasy football to now uh, bear football. And uh, our replacement, Jake, here is doing a great job over uh, with his podcast. Him and AJ are killing it. Um, he is the dynasty guru, and that is why he is on here today to help us with our, uh, what the Bears are going to do at pick 20. Yes, sir. Jake. I'm happy to be here. You guys are welcome on the fantasy podcast at any time as well. Always happy to have guests on there. I don't know anything about fantasy football. Just ask my friends. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to get into that later. I've, I've been struggling ever since I was co-host of fantasy football brawl. My performance was actually on a steady decline. So I had to uh, retire from that gig there, but I might need your help come this season. Amen. Uh, but, but we, you're actually here to help us tonight because, uh, you're the draft expert of the lounge network. That's what we, they tell us here. And, right. uh, what are we nine days away from the, from the NFL draft and the bears are sitting there at pick 20. And let me tell you guys, I don't talk bears with my other friends because they don't understand. They just, they just don't understand. What are you going to do at 20? Oh, you're going to, what are you going to do at 20? You're going to trade up to four. You're going to trade up to eight. Mac Jones is perfect for you. You know, it's, it's Alabama country down here, uh, right oh, here yeah. in Tuscaloosa, roll tide. And Mac Jones, love you guy. But, uh, oh, Jake, what are, what are the bears going to do in nine days? Are we going to sit at 20 and draft a tackle? Are we going to draft Rashad Bateman at 20? Are they going to draft Kadarius Tony? Oh, please, God, no. <laughs> you, you and I are on the exact same page right there. Tell us I, what the Bears are going to do. So the way I see it, you have like three things that the, three approaches that the Bears can take in this draft that I think are acceptable. And then there's the fourth approach that you have to consider, which is Ryan Pace being Ryan Pace and just messing everything up. Um, so I think the first thing that you do is I think it ultimately depends on how those first three picks go. If they, if you believe purely rumors, they're Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then Mac Jones. But there's also rumors of it being Justin Fields at three. There's rumors of it being Trey Lance at three, which I think is the most likely scenario. If I'm being 100% honest with you, he seems like the the guy that Shanahan would want in an offense. Um, so assuming those are the three picks where you get, I think Zach Wilson's pretty enshrined in that second pick unless things really change at this point, which gives you Lawrence at one. And then if that three is Lance and that pick is there at four and Fields is there, 
I think the Bears have to trade up for Justin Fields. He's the second best quarterback in the draft. And there's some days where I think it's like a 1A, 1B situation where him and him and Trevor Lawrence, they have, you know, tons of NFL, you know, NFL traits that you look for. And they both have skills that are underrated in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, they're the clear two best quarterbacks in the draft. So if you can get the second best quarterback at four, I don't care if you're giving up three picks and a player to get up to four there, you got to do it. So that's, I mean, that's my ideal scenario is that we get, we somehow luck into Justin Fields at four. Um, past would you that. Be, would you be saying that if we uh, lucked into one Trey Lance, say the 49ers did take Jones or Fields, would you trade up? Maybe you trade up with Carolina because Lance falls a little bit further than Fields would. Yeah. If I think if, if Lance is there at eight, I think you have to get on the phone with Carolina. And I, I like Lance a lot. He was my quarterback three for a long time. Um, my only concern with him is probably the same concern that a lot of people has is, is that he doesn't, he has less than 400 pass attempts in all of his college football career. The man's played one full season in one game. Um, so just mm-hmm. what we have is super limited. He might sounds have like a, sounds like a familiar someone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He might be, he might have the most art, like the strongest arm in the class besides maybe like Kellen Mond. So, you know, he's got elite arm talent. He's an underrated runner. He's like a four or five runner. I have like his ideal NFL career, I think is his peak anyway, is what we're seeing right now out of Ryan Tannehill. And I would take that on the bears any day of the week. Tannehill's very underrated as a runner. He was underrated as a runner coming out of college. He's like a four, five, four, six runner. I think wide receiver. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot of that same, you know, skill set out of Lance. It's ultimately going to come down to development. And that's where I like fields more than Lance is I don't trust the bears to develop Lance. Whereas I could throw Justin Fields into an offense right now. And I think he could figure it out. There was that report. Like people want to, there's all of this, like are we it's nonsense, dude. It's nonsense. Like, go for it. We can still. You're, you're allowed right. to swear. You're all right, cool. To swear. There's all this bullshit about. You're fired. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rhino. <laughs> There's all this bullshit about him not twice, being... twice in twenty seconds. Yeah, I'm f- fire me. I don't care. Um, there's all of this stuff about him not being prepared oh, and not having the brain. Um, and all of that is bullshit. Like he tested higher than anybody had ever tested on this on this this nfl skills readiness test very similar to like a wonderlick style test he high he had the highest score ever on this test at the and like he has the brain and he understands football at a level that not a lot of guys do and i and he's a fourth four three four four runner with a, a cannon of an arm there's nothing not to love about justin fields and i could plug him into an offense right now and he'll be fine whereas i think lance still needs to develop a little bit I do think that developing under Andy Dalton is going to be a lot better than developing under Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. So I think there's at least that benefit, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely team fields over Lance, but it's definitely a move you have to consider if he's there at eight. I'm with you. Uh, I have, I have two things for that with fields. I think I, I, I agree with you that less development is needed. I think for fields at the NFL level, but I will say, I think he'll be better suited in an offense that kind of adapts a more college style playbook mm-hmm. for him. Um, I don't think you're going to plug and play him into necessarily just a complete pro style offense. I think you got to play to his strengths a little bit by getting him that more college style offense. I mean, you see the Ravens run it. Um, you know, Matt Nagy could do it. The question is, will he do it? Cause I, I do think he is kind of a stubborn coach. Um, oh yeah. So that's interesting. Um, and I've said this before. 
I had a dream two years ago that Trey Lance was drafted by the Bears. So <laughs> if that happens, prophecy will be fulfilled. But uh, I want to kick this over to our Alabama man, Joe Gaither. Uh, there is a, a specific someone from Alabama that's supposed to be drafted pretty high in this draft. Uh, we didn't mention his name briefly here, but uh, yeah, do you want to give us a little insight on your guy, Mac Jones? Well, okay, I'm not the typical, uh, I'm not the typical Alabama fan where I'm in love with what with Mac Jones as an NFL prospect. I think a lot of people are in love with him as an NFL prospect based off what he did this past year. And it's, I mean, okay, let's not lie. What he did this past year was incredible. What he did this past year is right up there with some of the best of the best seasons that you've, that you, single seasons that you've had in college football. But where I kind of get a little questionable with Mac Jones, especially with the fit with the Bears, is just specifically with the Bears. Mac Jones barely played in a dirty pocket the whole year. He, he, we, he played behind the Joe Moore Award offensive line, uh, the best offensive line in the country. He handed the ball off to the Doak Walker winning best running back in the country. He threw it out to the Heisman Trophy winner, the Maxwell Award winner. <laughs> Basically, he's, he's he, the skill set, and I know everybody's like, oh, well, how can you use that against him when you didn't use it against Joe Burrow last year? But to me, when it comes to cranking those balls down the field, and yes, Mac Jones has a beautiful deep ball, and it, it, it was an extreme weapon. It was a deadly weapon for, the, for, for Alabama last year. They crushed teams with it. But to, in order to get that deep ball off, Mac Jones had a lot of room in the pocket, a lot of space to step mm-hmm. up, a lot of time to crank that arm motion out there. Any of those deeper passes, those passes that required a real uh, display of arm strength, a real display of velocity, you know, he's taking a lot of steps. He's not playing in a dirty pocket. Now, some of that Steve Sarkeesian rolling him out and getting him in empty space. But I worry and I wonder, you know, depending on where he goes in the NFL, if he goes to like, let's say the Chicago Bears, which I'm really hoping that does not happen. But if he goes to the Bears, I have not been very pleased with the offensive line play of the last couple mm. years. I know some metrics say, yes, they're better than others. You know, pass protection was pretty good. Mitchell might have, you know, caused some sacks and taken extra sacks. But I wasn't really pleased with the offensive line play as a whole. A lot of dirty pockets, a lot of not a lot of space to move and maneuver. I would worry that just that alone would hinder Mac Jones. But then you've got the elements to consider as far as, oh, man, we're playing in – November, December, you know, early January, hopefully, you know, ideally. And the elements are against you up there. Everybody knows how, how windy it can get, how thin the, the air can get. I, I, I'm concerned about Mac Jones playing in, in the wrong system. Now, if he goes to San Francisco or a team with a very strong offensive line, ready for him to sit back there and uh, run a lot of play action passing, then he could really succeed. But I just, I don't think he's the guy for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's, there's some good points. And I think something that people need to consider that they don't think about is that just because you have a great deep ball does not mean you have a strong arm. Like I think Mac Jones has a beautiful deep ball. He throws a great touch. He kind of noodle arms a lot of throws and I don't think he has the velocity to survive uh, in an NFL where you got to throw in tight windows and that kind of stuff. Now you can plug and play anyone in the Shanahan offense and I'm sure you could work around his weaknesses, but uh, I don't think the Bears would be able to do that. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of the Bama receivers were like, I enjoyed catching passes from Mac Jones better than Tua Tagovailoa, but it's just because he threw a more more catchable ball, the less velocity on it, easier on the hands. I just I'm going to really be concerned where he goes in the NFL. I, do I think he can play? Yes, in the right system, but I don't really. A lot of people are comparing. Oh, he's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to be Tom Brady. Let's stop that. Let's 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 take yeah, a big. I- 
I think that's a, on that. I think that's a fair comp just from play style, but yeah, that does not equate to him being that in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think he hit on something big. I mean, the Bears need offensive line, and I know Jake over here is itching to tell me about some linemen he loves in this draft. I know there's some big, mean mother in this Are draft. Are they smelly, that we want. nasty bastards? That's who we want. Hey. Guys who don't take showers for weeks. You're describing the guy that I think we should take at 20. Um, real quick before I mention that, though, I do want to briefly touch on Mac Jones. And I think Lucas hit on it perfectly in that you don't need an elite arm to have a good deep ball. But the balls that Mac Jones throws are not going to cut it at the NFL level, especially if you're like watching his pro day where he's in shorts and a T-shirt and stepping into the throw and he's under throwing guys on like 50 yard bombs. 50 yards shouldn't be that big of a bomb. Like you see, like Trey Lance did in his pro day on Monday, he was on the run still basically falling away from the throw and throwing 60 yard balls accurately. Like his arm talent, like, and again, you don't purely need a strong arm. If a strong arm was all you needed, Jamarcus Russell would have been the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen. The man could throw the ball 75 yards on his knees, but you know, it's just some of those things that you do have to consider um, when you're looking at the prospects. Uh, But moving on to the offensive line, like, I think if the Bears do stay at 20, in my opinion, I think offensive line is the move. The Bears have shown a willingness to kind of put off wide receivers early. And I know that's the other route that a lot of people see them going. Um, I still think that the wide receiver class is so deep this year. There's so much talent in that class where you're talking about guys who are being ranked in like the wide receiver 10 to 15 range who would be top five or six wide receivers in different classes. Um, we've been blessed with kind of really elite wide receiver classes, both last year and this year. I think offensive line makes the most sense. Cause I do think the drop-off after like the first round offensive line guys to like those second or third round guys, like they're still good, but we need more than just good. If we're going to play guys like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles at quarterback, you need better guys that are out there. So at 20, my, my ideal situation is that Christian Darasaw somehow falls to 20. That's he the is, Oklahoma state kid, right? No, that Darasaw went to, I want to say Virginia He's Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tevin Jenkins uh, is the uh, yeah. Oklahoma State kid, Joe. And Tevin okay, Jenkins is, I think, the sorry. most likely pick. Yeah, Jenkins, I think, is the most likely pick at 20. He literally, he said, I'm out here to kill an MFR. Like, he straight up, he is the guy that has that bulldog mentality. And you can see it in his tape, too. The man does not stop a block. He will, pl- he will play through the whistle, which is something that you hear a lot. Like, he plays until... He will block a guy into a ground and he will just say, you know what? I'm laying here now. You're not getting up. You're not moving. Like he is one of the, and I think he's underrated in a lot of like, we we're here about how highly rated a lot of these guys are in both run protection and pass protection. I see a lot of the same things out of him. And until recently, he hasn't been talked about as much. Like earlier in the off season, I was snagging him in like the second or third round of mock drafts. Whereas now he's, as he should be, he's being considered a first round pick because that's the talent that he has. It, I would it, be it's hilarious because he took him at 20. He looks like a teddy bear. It's like hilarious. Yeah. He's like this big goofy looking dude with like these glasses with a big smile on his face. And it's just like, you line up against this guy and you're like, oh, what are you going to do? Hug me. And then he just fucking throws you through the bleachers. Yeah. He's like, I'm out here to kill a motherfucker. And it, you can see that on the tape too. Yeah. So I think I agree with you. Uh, I'm really high on Darisol. I'm really, I, I really like Jenkins as well. Uh, I mean, I see a lot of Trent Williams and Darisol. I don't know if I feel like that's kind of a common comp for him, but I can see it. I do. Um, either one of those guys would be a great, a great fit for the Bears. I, I think 
Jenkins probably slides more in as a, as a right tackle, right, Jake? Mm-hmm. Than a yeah, left I would, tackle. I would, I'd probably agree. Um, I think he's probably more suited for the right side. Um, you know, whereas Darisol is a natural left tackle plug yeah. and play. Um, Jenkins played both, but probably starts at right tackle at least. So I yeah, don't know I, if that's a decision breaker I, for some people. I definitely like him better at right tackle um, than I do at left. Not to say I don't like him at left. I, you could plug him into left tackle. He's going to be better than Leno is. Um, and <laughs> again, it's one of those things where it's, is that saying much? Maybe not. But like, I think the worst. Some, like the, some people love the guy. Yeah. And he's fine. It's the a metrics, good story. The metrics like him a lot more than, than the tape does. Um, sure. I'll, I'll give that's, him that. That's true. That's but, true. But I, I think what you're at least getting with Jenkins is you're getting a guy with probably one of the highest floors in this class. Whereas even if he doesn't pan out to be an elite tackle at the next level, he's at worst going to be right in the middle of the pack where any team would want him. Oh, and that's exactly what Ryan Pace has been fucking swinging and missing in the first round the last handful of years. Just take a safe guy. Just take yes. a guy who's going to be who's going to who's going to give you some production. Exactly. I, I feel like this draft is really good for Ryan Pace and the Bears just because I feel like where they're picking at 20, you know, if they trade up, it's very if they trade for Justin Fields, nobody will fault them for that. If they right. sit at 20 and they draft a tackle, nobody will fault them for that. If they um sit at 20 and even draft a cornerback like you know a guy like caleb farley nobody will fault them for that. i'd like I, that too i'd like that the only thing i don't want a wide receiver at 20 i don't i yeah. know i know i know we're about to trade away anthony miller and there's not really much product i mean Darnell mooney but there's not really out anything outside of Allen robinson and that his fate is unknown at the moment uh i guess still to it still feels like that to me yeah um so I, I know a lot of people love that Kadarius Tony pick and love no, Rashad. No, no, right there. no, maybe, but, but but it's too it's too it's too flashy when we need the we need the muscle up front. You know, uh, David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery could be a, a really fine running back with a, with an yep. adequate offensive line in front of him. And to go offensive line right there, you really can take pressure off your Andy Dalton or whoever else you're playing behind there. I just think the offensive line it makes the perfect sense if you're not going to trade up and get a quarterback. I yeah, agree, and I don't, I'm definitely team against wide receiver in the first round because if you really look at the wide receivers that we currently have on our roster, assuming Anthony Miller, they're goes, fine, they're fine, and we have we already have guys who are better suited playing outside. Mooney and Robinson, they they both can succeed out of the slot, but they both play better outside, in my opinion, than they do in the slot. Why am I going to take another guy who's essentially I have my player comparison for um, for Bateman is Keenan Allen. Not that I don't yeah. love Keenan Allen. We don't need a Keenan Allen type in this offense. We'd, I would rather take take an offensive guard or tackle or you know best offensive lineman available in that first round, and then in the second round, in you know in the mid fifties, I can get an Elijah Moore, a Rondale Moore. I can get a pure slot guy who can just scamper around the field and just outspeed everybody else. Like, I don't, I don't need another, I don't need a, you know, a bigger ish bodied guy out there. Not to say that the guys that we have are big by any means. And, you know, Bateman only measured at like six foot and a half inch. Like you're not, you don't, I don't need a guy like that. I feel like the scheme and the offense would succeed more if you have that smaller guy. Like when they used to line Cohen up in the slot, that's when the offense succeeded the most. And that's when we had, you know, the best Mitch Trubisky that we had seen and the best bears offense that we had seen. Getting like a, a gadget guy that can do a little bit of everything, I think is going to be more beneficial. And you can do that later on in the draft. There's no reason to go wide receiver early. 
Jake, let me ask you just this just hit me and it's totally my my redneck right here. But what happens if uh Ryan Pace wants to get cute there and 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 Christian Barmore is sliding right there into that 20th spot and he's like, "Well, you know, Eddie Goldman didn't play last year. Akeem Hicks getting a little long in the tooth. Like, let's 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 beef that area up right there." Ooh, that totally my homer just hit me right there yeah. in a second. But 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 what would you say to that? I would go against that. Um I do like Barmore a lot, and I but I think NFL teams are very high on him. I personally don't see him going like falling that far. I've um, heard 15 to 18, somewhere in that range. I've seen some, I've seen him in like top 10 discussions with good, people. Good, good for this, him. This this IDL class is terrible. So oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's he's the top dog. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody else worth worth taking. I think there's enough teams with defensive needs in this draft, too, that I I wouldn't be surprised to see him taken earlier than consensus would say. Um, if he's there at 20, I still go against it. I Not that I don't think he's a good player. He's obviously, you know, he's probably one of, if not the most talented at his position in this draft class. But I'll pitch. The- <laughs> All right, let me ask you about somebody else defensively who might, might, may or may not slide. Micah Parsons worries about off the field, kind of mm, yes. swirling, you know. Okay, I, he, he, he originally, obvious, obvious top 10 pick, best defensive player right there with Sertain. But if he's sliding due to off-the-field struggles, due to, you know, maybe questions in the locker room or whatnot, are you taking him at 20 to uh, say bye-bye Danny Trevathan and, 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 and play him right there with Roquan Smith? Be, you know, because there is – there's two different ways to look at the draft. Do you, do you attack a, a position of need or you do, do you make a strength stronger? It's, and so – that would be uh, shoot. Get the best one of the better defensive players in the draft right there at twenty. The way I view it is is the Bears have drafted in a way that tries to make the strengths stronger for so many years, focusing so heavily on the defense. We proved it this year. We can pick Mario Edwards up, and he PFF graded him out as the second best player at his position last year. Like we have, pro- Brett Urban came out of nowhere, really good year. Um, what's the other fucking guy's name that I'm blanking on? Um, big dude, monster of a human being. Are you thinking of from what what place? Uh, let me just pull up the roster real quick here. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's a defensive lineman. Jenkins, something Jenkins. That's not right. One of the most common football names ever, Joe. Jones, Smith, <laughs> Brown. Uh, well, well, while he's looking that up, I, I do want to uh, – personally, I would say I would probably stay away from Parsons. And I, I traditionally think Pace has stayed away from people with issues, yeah. especially after that. Who was the guy we signed from the 49ers that were like he – McDonald, Ray McDonald. Yeah, and then he screwed up as soon as we signed him. I think like they two were, days later, he beat yeah, his lady. I, Traditionally, Ryan Pace stays away from those type of guys, and some of the stuff I heard about Parsons is kind of disturbing. I yes. I don't even want that guy on my team, and yeah. uh, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, but like, I, it's listen to this though. Listen to this. Hear me Go out. Ahead. Right, you're talking about Parsons. I'm thinking the Bears at 20. This draft isn't top heavy in high end edge rushers, but like a guy like Jalen Phillips there or. Um, his counterpart at Miami, who didn't play this year, both would be great options at 20, possibly. Rosu is his name. 
Um, but Jalen Phillips is a guy I think he has a ton of potential. Um, I think he, I've seen him comped out to uh, Danielle Hunter a bunch of times. I think he's just, I mean, he was the number, he was the best player out of high school going into college. He went to UCLA and uh, they have a rule there. If you get three concussions, they make you retire. So he medically had to retire. He enrolled in music school. He said, hey, I miss football. He went to Miami and he lit it up last year. So that, that is a guy I love. And I, I would not be happy if the Bears, not be unhappy if the Bears snagged him around 20. What about Alandon Dickerson? I mean, center, I know it's not really into your, into your offensive lineman. You can take him right there to guard. Uh, I feel like he's more of a sure. second round guy to me, but that's kind of all relative, I guess. Uh, I know yeah. he's a beast. Like... He's a beast, man. He is good. But I think I definitely think just with Massey leaving and um, you got to replace what's his name, Leno, after a while. Like these two guys, like oh, I think we're our, it our like tackles we're right now page. are terrible. We we have yeah. to address the outside. It I sounds like we're all go, on the same page. Yeah, I think if you go if you're going defense in the first round, I think it has to be a corner. I think you have to. I think you have to be hoping that one of Horn or Caleb Farley falls to you. Maybe I can leak like some sort of Patrick Sertain, uh marijuana, methamphetamine, some sort yeah. of video. Now, now, Joe, let me uh, uh, <laughs> let's pull a pull a Laramie <laughs> Tunsil hack his yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yes. On draft night, let him slide down. Now, what what kind of what, what kind what kind of yeah what kind of rundown do you have on, on him being able to watch him play at Alabama? I mean, oh, I, he's I, he's I, the real I, deal. I, I understand. I just such a toss up to me between him and Horn. I, I kind of like Horn better, honestly, and I, I don't know why. Well, Sir so, Sertain so doesn't pop off with a lot of he had, he didn't have a lot of interceptions in his career at Alabama, but nobody really threw at him like the whole time he was here. He was just a blanket on guys, and he's just really reliable. Just a guy, in my opinion, somebody that reliable that just b- b- sums it up right there. Somebody you throw out there, you don't have to worry about it. And man, it'd be a luxury to have that kind of guy on our defense uh, because you know, as good as Kyle Fuller was, I never really truly felt like that. You know, he always liked to play that off coverage, uh, and, and which gave up stuff underneath here and there. And you know, the last couple of years with Prince playing really heavy press and getting you know penalties here and there. I would love to have a lockdown corner like like Sertain. Uh, I, I know I'm biased on that, but I, I think he he and, and Najee Harris are my two favorite players for you know two favorite Alabama players in this draft. Uh, I, I think he's a special player. I think he's going to yeah. make whoever drafts him very happy. So here's something I want to say about Sertain too. So there's this Twitter account that I follow at Math Bomb. He has created a formula that's called Relative Athletic Score. Have mm-hmm. either of you guys looked yep. into it at all? I've seen that. Yep. Patrick Sertain is the seventh highest uh, cornerback RAS in history. Yeah. He is one of the most athletic cornerbacks that we have ever seen. And like you're saying, he didn't have a ton of picks, but he also, he had like what? 12 pass breakups last year. Yeah. He's not one touchdown. And that's what I love about him. I felt like, I feel like that was a problem with Fuller is he wasn't, he was either looking for like the superhero play or he was right. looking to just like lay somebody out, especially this, this last year, whereas certain he understands his assignment in coverage and he plays to his assignment. He doesn't try and do too much. If the ball comes to him and he, he can make a play on it, he'll do it. And I feel like that's where you, you get with, you know, a lot of other guys. And I think you have to compare that too to JC Horn, JC Horn is the most athletic corner that we have ever seen based on relative athletic score. My only big issue with him is that 
I, you know, physically certain is a little bit lesser than horn, but I like certain's coverage skills a little bit more. I like his understanding of the field. He looks, he just looks better when you watch him in coverage. He plays I've, through the hands really well. He, he's always, he's always in phase with the, with, with the receiver. So the receiver's always having to make a contested catch and just reliable. Uh, always yeah. going to play his play his position. I'm sorry, Jake, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah. I think it's exactly like we were, you know, same thing, like same thought process there. Like, Certain, he's got some of the best footwork of anybody in the draft. You know, like you're saying, plays through the hands really well, as evidenced by all those pass breakups. Like his football IQ is off the charts. I think you're just getting a more complete player. I think you're getting, I think Certain is what everybody thought Jeff Okuda was going to be. Like you heard about Okuda a lot last <laughs> yeah. year being pro ready and he can come out and be just fine. And we saw that that wasn't the case. But if you like, L-O-L. If you watch Sertain, like I, I feel like I'm watching an NFL corner every play that I watch with him. If yeah. you took the jerseys off completely, I just see a guy who understands what he's supposed to do every second that he's on the field. And you can't beat that. If I mean, Sertain... look... No, go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say, he looks like the son of an all-pro, an, yeah. an all-pro corner. The son, oh, yeah. I mean, the son of an all-pro corner who was coached uh, at, at, down at St. Thomas, uh, oh, not St. Thomas, excuse me. Uh, d- down in Florida, and then now at Alabama for the last th- uh, three years uh, with, with Nick Saban, which said what you will about his pro success. He is a great uh, defensive backs coach. He looks like he's just a guy who's soaked it up all his life. Yeah, it's he's he is by far the best corner tape that I've watched this year. There's been times where I've been like leaning more towards the athleticism of Horn being fun just because you like that home run potential that certain certain maybe doesn't have but like there's there's no way certain's there at 20 but if certain is there at 20 i'll i'll push i'll push i'll push offensive line into the second round yeah. like he's he, the podium he's like yeah, one no. of those guys it's like it'll be the bears locker room too or not locker room draft room would be like the zoom video from last year the vikings <laughs> the when vikings. the eagles took rieger It'd be this, it'd be the same video, but it'd be the Bears, it'd be Matt Nagy sprinting to the podium with a, a piece of paper that says Patrick Sertain. Yeah, that's uh I agree. That's that would be a home run pick, but unfortunately I don't think he'll be there at 20. So um he won't. Just, just do moving you move on. It, no, if you I don't like have the, to give up too if you don't have to give up too much, say okay, so say the Patriots are trying to trade back and Sertain's there at 15. So I have to I, think about it. I don't trade up for anything other than Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I'm with Joe on that one. Um, I'm just throwing I it just, out there. I don't love the idea of it, but it's one of those things. Hey, that did, would, I, it, would I, it surprise I, us if it happened? No, I, I wouldn't exactly. put past anything, past Ryan Pace. But back to the cornerbacks, I mean, it, with a guy like you, I would like to assume that most likely it'll be Greg Newsom and Caleb Farley there maybe at 20. Um, which one of those guys do you think would be a better fit for this new Sean Desai defense that'll be reminiscent of Vic, Vic's defense back a few years ago? I personally like Farley more than I like Newsom. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of one of those, those things where I think you're, you're picking between floor and upside. I think Newsom probably has a little bit more upside and he can be a little bit more of a superstar corner. Um, whereas Farley's a guy who's going to come into a defense. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to do just fine in pretty much any role that you put him into. But again, it's one of those things where 
the health is a legitimate concern. You have to, you know, there's a reason there's been talks about Farley not being a first round pick. Um, it's because those injury concerns are so real. Newsom is a guy that um, I like a lot. I do have, you know, some things that I would wish were better. Um, you know, at times, he gets, again, a guy who has gotten a little lazy at times, uh, and you can really see it on the field. Um, it's, you know, it's a toss up between those two. I like Farley better, but if you told me you like Newsom better, I'm not going to argue with it too much. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just, there's, like I said earlier, this is just, I feel like there's no way the Bears could possibly mess this up. Trade up, stay put, <laughs> grab one of these guys we just talked about. I feel like there's just no shot they mess it up, but. If they take Kadarius Tony at 20, they mess up. All right, I don't, I don't, I just don't even. I don't even. I don't get that. I don't get why. I don't even think he's a. I don't think like he's a first round back. Pick. No, he's, he's at, like a Debo Samuel type. He's like my wide receiver twenty five. Like he's not. There's so many guys that I would rather have. There's so many guys who didn't wait until their last year to perform and only kind of performed. Like his numbers weren't great. His his you know his dominator rating was decent, but how much of him being good was because of how good Kyle Pitts was where teams have to scheme specifically to stop Kyle Pitts that leaves Tony open for, for plays. Yes. He's great on the yards after catch side of things. Yes. He he's a decent route runner, but like when you get to the NFL level, like Anthony Miller's a decent route runner when he wants to be like, <laughs> you're, you're just, I don't get why he is shot up draft boards the way that he does. I know the NFL loves to draft for speed, but like Gadget players, every, I'm so tired of teams looking for the next Tyreek Hill. You're not going to find the next Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. You might if you draft Jalen Waddle, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's if if we drafted an Alabama wide receiver, I want Waddle more than I want Smith. Oh, yeah. And I'm planting my foot hard in the ground there. I don't love either of them. They're both All in right. my top 10. I but. think I honestly think there is a possibility that one of those guys could possibly slip down to the Bears a little bit. I, I, I think that's a realistic shot that like teams are just like quarterback, 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 and then you throw a few corners in there, you know, throw throw a few tackles in there. You never know. I think a wide receiver could definitely slip yeah. in one of those two guys. Yeah, you have to assume. I mean, if you think about guys that were almost positive are going to go before twenty. You're looking at the four, if not five quarterbacks. I think Mac to the Broncos at nine is a real possibility. Um, they want some competition for Locke. And worst case scenario, they're what, like a year left in Locke's rookie contract and they can dump him? Um, I, I, so, would, I don't think he gets past the Patriots. I really don't. I think New yeah. England would take him if he, if he fell to 15. Yeah, so you're looking at probably five quarterbacks off the board. Pitts is going to be gone. Um, Sewell's going to be gone. Slater's going to be gone. Darasaw is probably going to be gone. Sertain's almost certain to go within the top 12, in my opinion. Like you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at 10 to 12 guys that are almost guaranteed to be in that top range there. And you Jamar could definitely, yeah, you, exactly. You're going to see Smith and Waddle. You're going to see them fall a little bit. With, if I'm like looking at our draft, like the draft board here, the only places that, so I think Philly, Almost 100% goes wide receiver. Right. And I think Smith probably fits their offense a little bit better than Waddle does. Um, so if, you know, if you're going to have one of those two go earlier, I think it's going to be Smith and teams are going to buy into his production a little bit more. But like, 
when you look past that, like no teams have massive needs at wide receiver. The Dolphins need a wide receiver, but they don't need necessarily a guy of his skill set. They already kind of have a bunch of guys who are just fast. Like the Raiders aren't, the Raiders probably should go wide receiver, but they're not going to. They're probably going to go offensive line there at 17. Washington's oh, yeah, that, not going to go wide receiver. Like it, it, there's a real chance that one of Smith or Waddle are there at 20. I'd personally pass, but it's a move that I could definitely see happening. I, I am very, very high on Waddle. Probably more high. I am too. I, I yeah. think, I think he's, I he's honestly special. think he's, I think he's close to wide receiver one in this class. I think he yeah. gave Jamar Chase a run for his money. That's just had my he stayed, opinion. Had he stayed healthy this past year, you would have seen it. Oh, he's well, special. you wouldn't. Yeah. Devonte Smith would have been an afterthought if he stayed healthy. Exactly. Yeah, I I have him at I, I want to say he was at like my wide receiver like seven just because I like I like a lot of guys and their potential more and the injury concerns are a real thing for me just because he has gotten hurt sure. so much. Um, I try not to be like an injury concern guy, but there's you know when it's been a recurring thing, that's when no, I start. It's, to it's, it's absolutely have to. a thing. Um, and I just really I love. Tylen Wallace and what he does. I love Elijah Moore. I love Terrace Marshall. Like these, are, there's a lot of. Again, it's a, it's just a loaded wide receiver class. There's so right. many good wide receivers. Now we, we, now that we're talking about wide receivers, that's another guy. I, I could see the Bears. This might make Bears fans mad. I could see the Bears going with a Terrence Marshall over Rashad Bateman. Oh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I Terrence. I feel like Terrence Marshall is one of those guys that just like. Like Joe just gave me a big sigh. What, what's the, what's the matter there? You don't like him? I just don't want to go receiver at twenty. I just yeah, don't right. want I'm to just I, no, no, no. I'm I'm not saying this is what I would do. I'm just saying I could see the Bears doing it. Yes, I can too. I can easily see him taking. But look, I, I mean, I don't want to do it, but I watch him more too. I wouldn't say it would be a bad pick. Like if they don't think they're going to re-sign a Rob, you need you need to have his replacement and a guy like Terrence That's Marshall true. or Rashad Bateman both fill that X receiver role very well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I think I do think it's a thing that the Bears are considering, which I, I don't think the I as much as it pains me, I don't think we would see wide receivers mock to the Bears as much as we had if there wasn't at least some buzz in the industry that they're considering wide receiver at 20. Right. Well, well I think the they're cons- they got to be considering everything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a team. It's, it's the bears are in a really weird spot where they're a team with a ton of needs that also aren't that far away. Sure. Right. Like no. if you shore up, so say you go offensive line at 20, you can go wide receiver at 52. You Dude, can probably get more decent, at 52, man. Yeah. Like you can, you can do that. And I think you're overall in a better position. Now you can grab a corner. You can, or, you know, at, if you go those two corner, you probably fade. You can probably get Thomas Graham in like the fourth or the fifth. And he's probably like the, the next closest guy to being, you know, a, a solid cornerback, um, you know, past that level. And he's even got a ton of concerns. You know, you're looking then in the third round, you know, you're, you're kind of free up to, you can almost go best player available there, whether that's a linebacker or, if, you know, I, in like some of the mock drafts that we've seen, I've seen guys like, you know, Josh Myers out of Ohio state, like he's fallen down draft boards like crazy. Whereas, you know, earlier in the year, he was a consensus, like, early, like late first, early second round pick. Like you can almost take two offensive linemen in the first three rounds. Your offensive line is almost completely fixed. And then you just run a year with a Rob Mooney and, and whoever the fuck for a slot receiver and you just make it work. Right. So I have, I, I have two kind of concluding thoughts here to take us to the end of our show. 
One of them being, I don't think this is what happened, but I, I posted this on Twitter earlier. If you were the Bears, would you trade your 20 pick to gain the Jaguars' first pick in the second round and 13th pick in the second round? Would you do something like that where you could gain two second-round picks for your first-round pick? I want to hear Joe's opinion on this before I say mine. Uh, if, I, if I was sitting there at 20, I would, I would possibly – Depending on how the board fell, I, I would possibly do it. Well, yes, that's all. That's what it all is. It depends on how the how the board falls. But you, I like the value. I, I I like going for more volume right there in that the top end of the draft. Uh, so really, you, you know, if you're stuck with guys that you're not really crazy about, yeah, you do it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the same boat here. I think especially if say say Darasaw is gone, say Vera Tucker's gone, say Jenkins is gone. You're reaching at that say, point. For say Jenkins anyway. is there. Say Jenkins and Farley are there. See, Farley's I I if I would consider staying at 20 for Jenkins, but I'm if I can fall to 33, I could probably right. take Eichenberger, who's again a guy that I can probably plug into pretty much any Love offensive it. line and he's yep. fine. And then at 52 there, I can take Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore. Um, and then I've also, but I've also got 45, so I can go wide receiver there too. Or quarterback. And, yeah. And, and I may see, yeah, I may see a, you know, at 45 there, maybe Farley falls, maybe those injury concerns scare enough teams away. Maybe Newsom falls because people aren't scared of the injury. If I could, if I, if you could tell me my first three picks in the draft were Liam Eikenberger, Greg Newsom, and Elijah Moore, I'm going to shit my pants and be extremely happy. Right. I, I do think, I think Moore is going to sneak into that first round. He just. He screams Titans wide receiver to me. I don't know why. I just, I, I see him in Tennessee, man. I think the Titans go with a little bit more of a physical wide receiver. Um, I really like, I really like the fit there for Tamori and Terry out of Florida State. I really like the fit there. Right. All right. So let me segue off that then. So trade back possibility. I, I want to say it's probably not realistic. I don't think the Bears would do that. Um, now, my next question do the Bears. 100% take a quarterback in this draft and two I think it has to be going through their mind that they could trade up into the back end of the first to get that fifth year option on a quarterback they like if they Whoa. were to go that route uh Joe you're growing give me uh let's hear it oh I, I don't there's no there's oh if you're passing on fields there's not a quarterback that's worth trading back into that first round for I know you like Kellen Mond but ah. Uh, but to answer your first question, do they draft a quarterback in this round? They have to. In, in this draft, yes, they have to. So as somebody, it might even be one of their last picks, but they've got to take somebody. They've got to bring somebody in, and whether it works out or not, geez, that's another. See, I feel like issue. I feel like if they go quarterback, I can't see them just bringing in like some scrub in the end. Like I feel like they would have to draft one in the first three rounds if they go that route. The the thing is though is yeah, you're probably right. Quarterbacks are going to fall in this draft just because after the top, there's like, so normally in drafts, you see guys get overvalued. So like Deshaun Kaiser, like people considered him like an, <laughs> an, an elite quarterback, no, yeah, but he got, he got pushed up draft boards just because of a lack of talent there, which I don't see happening in this draft after the, the fall off between quarterback five and six between like Mac Jones and then like call it Kellen Mond or, or Trask, whoever your six is. The drop off there is so so big, I, and I don't think. And this this draft class is so deep at so many positions. It's deep at offensive line. It's deep at 
you know, the wide receiver position. Um, there's even some, you know, really good linebackers that can be had for a value pretty late. I just think there's so much talent in this draft that I don't think teams are going to overextend for quarterback. If, if Mon's there in the third, I pro that's probably the earliest I would consider a quarterback. If I'm not getting one of fields, Lance Wilson or Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And if you were, if you were to go with a, we'll call it a second. I mean, they, like you said, it's, it's kind of a big drop off. So I think any of these guys could go second or even third round. Who, who are the guy you taking? Is it, is it Mills from Stanford? Is it Trask? Is it Mond? Uh, you know, who, who's your guy? Who's your guy that you would take mid-round QB? If I'm going to take a mid-round guy, see, it's hard. Personally, I'd probably take Trask just because I, <laughs> I, I see Joe. I, 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 don't like Kyle, I don't like Kyle Trask. I don't like the talent there. With the Bears' current scheme, though, and the, the Bears' current developmental, the lack of development that they have at the quarterback position, Kyle Trask is the most like, okay quarterback where like, if I draft him, I know I've got at worst a backup for the next few years. Whereas Mon and Mills both have starter potential. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a really good quarterback coach to get that out of them though. And I don't know if we have that. Mond is probably the guy that I would personally want to take there. You could, I could think about Mills, but again, I'm not as high on him as, as most people are. Um, they know, all most, three suck. Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's my thing is just, the drop off, it's it's like one, two, three, four are all probably in close to the same tier. Or at least if you were to tear them off, you have Fields and Lawrence, and then you have Wilson and Lance, and then you have a, a, a separate third tier, which is way down here with Mac Jones. And then from there, it's like I might as well I, I'll go sign Muhammad, like I'll go sign Sanu and just have him be like the sixth wide receiver on my depth chart and my emergency quarterback. Yeah, like, nah, dude, we got like that's where I am with it. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, there but better, um, there was a better deep ball than Kyle Trask does. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, honestly, I see. I I'm kind of I'm kind of infatuated with with Davis Mills to be honest with you, and mainly just because I think with Mond and Trask, like you've seen their body of work, like you you kind of know what they're going to be. I feel like. I feel like what Davis Mills is kind of just like a mystery box. Like he kind of got the short end of the stick. He he didn't really beat out KJ Costello. Um, so he sat on the bench. Then he was named the starter and Costello transferred. I think he might've gotten hurt or something. And then COVID hit. So like this guy didn't really play many college games. And when he did, he played well, not, not great. He played well though. And he, he does a lot. Like if you read his scouting report and you were just like blank name to a scouting report, you'd be like, this guy is freaking outstanding. Why is he not getting drafted higher? Um, so I just think with a guy like that, there's kind of like the possibility that like kind of just slipped through the cracks just because the body works not there. So that's kind of what intrigues me. Where a guy like Mond, you know, he started four years. He's kind of like you would think he's like kind of developed at this point um, that you know what you're going to get with him. So if I'm taking a quarterback in the third round, give me the mystery box. Maybe, maybe it hits. I see. I'm seeing so many people and so many – you know, other people that I've he also ran to. a four five forty. He's very yeah. Fast. He's Davis he's Mills an underrated extremely athlete. Extremely fast. How much do you believe those forty times? I don't believe. Them I don't. But so, I think what? I think he's at least under a four seven. Like I think it's pretty fast for a QB. Fast enough what for the we, modern NFL. What we do a lot in like the fantasy space, and what I see a lot of the fantasy analysts do is you you adjust pretty much every forty that comes out of a pro day. Some people go very high high on the the adjust, and they add point one two. 
I'm more in like the 0.5 points, like, or 0.05, 0.6 range. So like, you know, his four, you know, a four, five, 40 for me turns into four at a pro day turns into like a four, six, four, six, two kind of in that range. And that's faster than most quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, And I, we know Mills has the arm to be an NFL quarterback. I just think he's so, he's been so delayed in game development time that I think is really, it really has to be considered. I see so many people calling him a day three prospect too, that like, I'd rather just not take him in the third and feel like comfortable getting him in like the fourth or the fifth and not really worrying about it. You could also get a guy like, you know, uh, Buchel um, out of what SMU Southern Methodist. Is that where he is? Shane Buchel. Am I crazy here? Buchel. Shane Buchel. Yeah. Buchel. Yeah. SMU. Yeah. So, you know, like he's another guy where it's like, you could take a later round pick on him and like probably turn him into something maybe. Um, But like, I don't know. I feel like the bears have so many positions of need and we have enough quarterbacks on the roster, in my opinion, um, that are, that fit a mold. Um, You might as well just play to that mold this year and just see what happens. If you believe, if you're in the team, the, the team that believes that pace and Nagy aren't on secret extensions, you probably disagree with that. I think they're on secret extensions and they're just not telling anybody about it. They have Um, to be. Yeah. They have to be. I'd, at this point, though, I don't like I'd give it like three games. And if we're like, oh, and four or one and three at that point, I'm throwing and I'll just take Spencer Rattler in the first next year and call it a day. Yeah, see that the my big thing is I don't I personally don't like when people are like, oh, we'll just grab a QB next year just because you don't really know how the QB class right. will, will pan out next year. And I personally think this QB class is one of the better ones I've seen since the Watson Mahomes draft, which is basically those two. Yeah. But. I, I think this draft is going to be another one of those where there's a few superstars taken pretty early here. So yeah, we'll see I'm, what happens, I'm, man. Yeah. And, and this, this is a fun class. Like this is a really fun draft class just because there is so much talent at so many, you know, of those fun positions. But I think the bears have shot and missed too many times at the fun positions. Like let's just shore up, get the offensive line set. Andy Dalton is not as bad of a quarterback as people like to make him out to be. He can definitely be a competent NFL starter. And there was plenty of reports that came out last year, like metric analysis that was done that showed if we had average quarterback play, we were a playoff team. Like that's all that we need to be a contender with how good of our defense is. That being said, I am team. You need an elite quarterback to be a great team. Um, So I feel like for me, though, if I'm not getting one of those top guys, I'd rather just take a flyer on somebody in the fourth through seventh range. You know, give me give me positions of need in those first three. And then after that, best player available. If if Mond is there at at that third pick, that pick in the third round, that's probably the earliest I start to consider a quarterback after, you know, those top guys. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Um, So our concluding thought, you're on the clock at 20. Uh, you know, all the top prospects are gone. You didn't get fields. Realistically, who are you taking? Tevin Jenkins. Joe? I'm, sh- I'm shoring up that offensive line. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Jenkins also. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think he's the, the consensus pick for, for us three. I, t- Jenkins or Darisol, whoever's there. Yeah. Um, if Darisol's there, it's 100% him for me. Yeah. He's, my, he's my offensive line, too. I like him more than I like Slater. Um, Ooh, that's, that's, just, that's, a, that's a tough sell for me. I love Slater, but um, I think Slater I would, fits I, best as a guard, and I like Darasaw at tackle, and I feel like he can stick at tackle. That's I, just that's my big thing. Yeah, I think 
it's possible that's a guy the Bears could maybe move up a few spots where if Darisol's there in that 17, 18 range, I think. I don't know if he gets past Washington, but. I don't think he gets past the Chargers. Yeah, he's, if he's not. 14 or 13, whatever it is. Right. I don't think he falls past there. But also, again, that's another team where we're seeing wide receivers mock to them like crazy because, you know, Keenan Allen's a little bit older. Mike Williams is on the last year of his contract and he's hurt all the time. So. Again, it'll be this is I'm so excited for this draft. This first yeah. round is going to be so, so insane. Well, I think uh, we're all very excited and uh, excited to have you on tonight. So thank you for joining us. Um, we are going to do our mock draft next Thursday. Well, it'll be released next Thursday, the morning before the draft. And uh, Jake, you're more than welcome to hop on with us again. If you want to uh, go through it with us, we're going to do a mock draft for the whole first round. Hell yeah, man. I'm in. You in? Joe, are you in? You better be in. You're part of the show. All right. Well, I guess we're doing it right here on uh, the Believe in we're, Monsters podcast. We're doing it live, round one. We, we can even live stream it, too, so they can see our ugly mugs. Ugh. I, I guess I got to put on a nice shirt, get a haircut or something. Nah, dude, just put up a Tevin Jenkins face Yes, on your screen. A big, uh, that'll, smelly man. That'll work perfectly. I'm, I'm down for anybody who will uh, murder a puppy in front of their mother. That's, that's, the, kind of guy I think that, uh, that's the kind of guy I think he is. So we'll see. That's the kind of guy we need on the Bears' offensive line. Yes. Uh, you know, protecting, protecting Andy Dalton, opening up holes for uh, David Montgomery. Uh, that's, what, that's what we're after. I think all three of us are on the same page. And I think, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. You think, is, is that a good place to wrap up? You got any more questions for Jake, uh, Lucas? No, I think that's all we got. I think we picked his brain pretty well. I think it was a good conversation. Yeah. And, uh, Stoked to have him on and definitely stoked to have him on again next week. Talk some more draft and we'll just follow see how Jake. we do. I'll follow Jake on the Twitter at Jake Perry 34. Did I get it right? P A R R Y, not E. Uh, and follow Lucas Berry at L Berry underscore 40 on the Twitter machine. Yeah. So you got a little opposite spellings there going for different ways. And then I'm a, at Joe Gaither six. This is the Believe in Monsters podcast. Lucas, do they have Twitter yet? Do we have a Twitter yet? No, it's uh, it's in the works. But by the time All right, this it's is in released, the works. it'll be up. All right, just stay tuned for that Twitter ad and follow the Believe in Monsters podcast for more as we lead into the draft. Uh, we see what see how our Bears are going to screw this up this year. You know, <laughs> cue the circus music. <laughs> in Ryan Pace, we unfortunately have to trust. That's right, Lord Pace, don't let us down. Bear down, Chicago Bears. We'll see you at pick 20 next week on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.